Hey guys, Josh here. This is part one of my conversation with one of my favorite podcasting Americans, Jay Podvader Soderberg. Jay's a funny guy. He's very insightful. And the reason this is only a part one, I'll go into quickly now. Essentially what happened was the two tracks that I got out of Skype, which Jay and I were using to communicate, they ended up way out of alignment on both Ecamm and also the Rodecaster. So I kind of had to piece every section together by bumping bits of audio back into alignment. So it wasn't just that one track was out and I could just bump it all one way. The amount that they were drifting was really, really incredible. I've never seen it before. So clearly something's wrong with Skype itself. Maybe the latest version for Catalina on the Mac has got a problem because I honestly thought that it was just the roadcaster getting out of time and I was getting really angry and I imported the Ecamm track back in thinking, oh, well, I'll just use this. It's going to be quicker. And that was just the same. And just in case you're wondering, well, Josh, that just sounds like overtalk. It happens all the time on Skype. Trust me, if Jay and I were that much out with each other on the call, we wouldn't have been able to communicate at all. So that's why this is a part one. You'll also notice, and if you've got finely tuned ears, you might be able to tell, I've chopped this up into little segments. So segment one is from the Rodecaster, working with a WAV file as the source file. Segment two is actually from Ecamm, which is a lower quality source file. I only ever use that as a backup. And part three or segment three is back to the Rodecaster. So let me know if you can tell the difference. Just so you know, in the next episode, which will be with Jay as well, we cover Clubhouse, we cover whether it even matters that all these groups that keep starting in podcasting, industry groups, do or don't exist, and we cover a heap of other stuff. Righto, guys, that's enough rambling from me. Let's jump in with Jay Podvader Soderberg. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand, and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Welcome back, everybody. I'm really excited to have our North American correspondent on today, Jay Soderberg, who is at The Real Pod Vader on Twitter. Last time Jay was on, we talked a lot about sport and a little bit about Spotify, and I think that would have been April, May timeframe last year. So the COVID outlook wasn't quite known then, and sports was in kind of disarray. So I'm really excited to have Jay back on, I guess, to talk about where things are at now his view of podcasting in 2021. And also, I've got a few things that I want to put to him that I've heard him say on his own podcast, his new podcast, that I want to challenge him on a little bit. Not too much, but just a little bit. So welcome, Jay. Thanks, Josh. I'm looking forward to being challenged. I love love a good lightsaber duel. (laughs) Well, it's not going to be quite that dramatic. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, it might be like two Ewoks having a lightsaber duel, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very funny image in my head now. Yeah. (laughs) So just to jump straight in, Jay, you have a new podcast. Can you just give us the the lowdown on the new podcast, what it's about, and maybe how that came to be? Because I know last time you were on, I think at that point you were still on an unknown hiatus from your previous podcasting show, always listening, and then obviously that didn't come back. So what's the deal with the new show? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so the queued up podcast on podcasting, uh, I've been working with John Luckenbaugh, who is the founder of the queued up podcasting agency and been working with him on a lot of different things. And one of the, one of the items he wanted to do was start a podcast. 
And since I knew Joel uh, Sharpton, my my former co-host with Always Listening, uh, was probably going to be on an even longer indefinite hiatus, I, uh, I I took the opportunity to create this new show, which is essentially the same thing as Always Listening was. It's it's sort of our take on what's happening in the podcasting landscape, and you know, trying to gear it a little bit more towards the independent podcaster with some tips and tricks on production and other things as well mixed in. Yeah. So for anyone who's familiar with both shows, how I would describe it, I think the hole that was left maybe from the radio perspective of yourself and Joel has been filled maybe with more of a technical production perspective. So the conversations to me feel a little bit more ground level day-to-day useful not that the conversations weren't useful and always listening but they were kind of at the higher level a lot of the time describing the whole industry whereas the new show seems to be a little bit more here's something you could apply today to your production or your mindset so that's just me as someone who's listened to both that's how i see it that's pretty much i think that's accurate i think joel and i um we're very much involved in the podcasting industry from a, from a higher level and, and wanted to share some of those insights. Uh, John hasn't been involved at such a high level as I have. And definitely when looking at the landscape, I wanted to make something that would appeal to both sides as much as possible. So the queued up podcast is really broken up into two sections, sort of the, the business aspect, which I pretty much lead the charge on in regards to the topics that we're going to be talking about. And from a very high level, I, I try at least to make it as high level as I can. But I, but when I do that, I'm always thinking about how to relate it to the every man, the every podcaster too. Uh, and then we have a second segment, which as you mentioned, is a little bit more technical on the technical side, uh, which is really John's area of expertise as a production engineer, who's been involved in everything from podcasting to movies to television. Uh, He knows how to make a piece of audio sound good. So that's where his strengths lie and really wanted to highlight that aspect of what he does, uh, especially since it's his name on the podcast. (laughs) Correct. And he was blessed with a pretty incredible voice too. So those bits are just interesting to listen to just to hear them said so well, (laughs) because his voice is quite nice to listen to. So you can't always say that in podcasting, but... <laughs> uh, God knows I wish I had a better sounding voice. <laughs> yeah, I think I do as well. My voice is hardly working this morning, so I should apologize to everyone for that. Just, I wanted to do a bit of catch up and clean up to start with Jay. So to be honest, the last thing I need, mate, is something that makes me want to talk faster because I already talk fast enough, but I'm on a bit of a time crunch today. So these might be a little bit rapid fire. Did Libsyn's numbers ever include Joe Rogan's numbers? Because I've heard you say that a few times recently and my brain tweaked a little bit and I thought that they were always removed because they were an outlier. So uh, that, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak specifically. But what I can tell you is on the, it was approximately two months ago when Joe Rogan did finally leave, it was specifically noted by Rob Walsh that one particular listening app uh, experienced an extreme drop-off in listens because Joe Rogan was no longer on it. I would have just, I mean, 
the accuracy of what you're saying, it was, I never questioned that. It was just I always thought that they would have removed them anyway if they were trying to give us a real number because it would be like having the average income of, you know, 100 people and then you throw Jeff Bezos in the room. It would just skew everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming their bandwidth, bandwidth costs have probably gone down a lot as well since he left. Well, you'll hear Todd uh, on the new media show really give it to Rob Greenlee every now and then about that. Yeah. Uh, but the thing to note about Libsyn is, I mean, Joe Rogan is just one of many that host their shows uh, of the top 200, if we want to use that as sort of a, a litmus, uh, that, that are hosting on Libsyn. So Libsyn has a number of large podcasts uh, on their platform. So what are your feelings on Apple proposing in the new iOS update to change to, to using the nomenclature, I guess, or well, it's actually a button, follow, as opposed mm. to subscribe. And should everyone who's freaking out about having the word subscribe in their own, their old episodes even care? People are going to go there. You've asked them to go there. I don't think the change of a button is going to confuse people that much, is it? Or am I just misjudging the general podcast listener? Uh, I was once told by a very wise man back when I worked at ESPN, him and I worked together hand in hand on some production bits and his, his phrase was always, well, we've got a hammer. We got to hit him over the head. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I can see where there, there would be some freaking out about that because follow is different than subscribe. It has been mentioned before that the word subscription usually signifies that there's some sort of payment that is going to be involved. We've recently heard stories that Apple might be playing around with thoughts of having a paid subscription service. So by removing subscribe from the free podcasts, that makes that story have a little bit more legitimacy, maybe, if we're not taking a large leap of faith there. I, and I think it's safe to say it, especially since Rob Walsh is saying it as well. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. Certainly, don't worry about going back to your old podcasts and removing the word subscribe. This episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. That was my main point, Jay. That's that's the first reaction I saw from a lot of people was, oh, I've been saying subscribe all these years. What do I do? I'm like, most of what you said, asking people to go to Apple Podcast, most people that I've, whether they realize it or not, I think we've all known that when you say hit subscribe, we are mentioning that you can listen for free or you can listen right in the app. There's Most people aren't surrounding the word subscribe in their back catalog with you have to pay for it. <laughs> like that, I can see why the changes. I mean, I think it's a great idea. Right. Just for the average person, just seems to be freaking out. Well, I think it's interesting that they chose follow. I think it's very interesting that they decided yeah. to use follow, which is the word that Spotify decided to use uh, when they launched podcasting on their platform. That to me is the most interesting. Isn't follow the term that Twitter has been using no, for nearly their whole time. Well, there's Twitter's a Twitter's another place that's been using follow. I suppose that would be uh, true as well. 
I, I think it's great that they decided that they wanted to use a word that has been u- that is being used by another company so that we can maybe sort of standardize the language. I mean, if you go back to an old episode of Always Listening, we talked about how you can use podcast in literally five different ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my next question, how is sports podcasting traveling for yourself and what's your general view now that it's February 2021, on how sports podcasting as a whole has handled the COVID stuff? Well, it uh, it came through sort of uh, amazingly, I guess is the way. Because you weren't that optimistic, I've got to admit, mate, listening back to our last episode, you sound like you had some trepidations about where things were going. Well, I, well COVID really put a big, big wrench in everything right off the bat. But I think sports and sports podcasting in particular rebounded rather nicely. Uh, it's just a shame that didn't rebound quick enough <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, but, yeah. uh, you know, I think sports podcasters found a way to pivot when they needed to. I was concerned and I still am, frankly. I mean, we're not out of the pandemic yet. You know, no one says, no one has said, okay, everybody can all come out of your hiding holes now that that hasn't happened quite yet. Uh, But we're getting there and we're going to get to a point where we're back to normal. The question is going to be, if things get shut down again, how does the sports podcaster pivot again? That I still I still am concerned about that because there's only so many times that you can sort of go back and live on the past. And when you had to do it for a number of months, it, it can be difficult to try and do that again. The sports podcast that I follow, a couple of different tennis shows that I tune into once in a while, Bill Simmons, he did a particularly good job, but he had their network already had a pop culture angle anyway, so they were a bit better equipped to handle the whole thing. There was a lot of mining of the past. This past player versus this player, or how does this player, if they were a movie, what movie would they be? Or however it got framed, there's only so much mining of the past for interesting stories. Most people want to hear about what's happening now with sport and what's going to happen in the immediate future, I would assume. Exactly. That's that's really the beauty of what sports podcasting is able to do, is really mine the, the future and the present and, and present, you know, in some cases, present it on a daily basis. So if that goes away, that big advantage goes away and now you're left with you know, again, like I said, trying to pivot. I'm still trying to find what the next evolution of sports podcasting is. Because I do think that something else can be done in this genre. Everybody is doing it the exact same way. And there has to be something different that can be done in this in this particular case. It is just an evolution of sports talk, hot takes with some more F-bombs. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of the time, like it's not, you're right. And I thought we were about to hear, and it might have been just because of production budgets and staff being unable to, you know, fulfill making these documentary style shows. But I thought we were going to hear a proliferation of 30 for 30 style audio dramas and that kind of stuff coming out of the big networks where I'm not sure. I mean, you're probably more in touch with the genre than me, but I thought that's what might have filled that gap. And I'm not sure if that happened. Hey guys, just quickly, if you wanted to save 30% on your first editing job, whether that's a package of five episodes or a single episode, 
email free30 in the subject line to hello at deadsetpodcasting.com. Let me know what you want edited and we can go from there. So save 30%. Use the subject line free30 and email hello at deadsetpodcasting. And thank you for being absolutely amazing and listening to this episode. It didn't. Uh, and it's a little disappointing because I do see that as an area of growth. But again, it has to be the right story. And Correct. understanding, too, that a lot of those stories are already known. The The audience has already grown up with them and lived through them in the real time. And I can think of one uh, particular podcast that that started and they launched with the story of Aaron Rodgers – uh, being drafted by the Green Bay Packers while Brett Favre was still there. And their style of telling the story was through reenactments. Well, both those people are still alive and they sh- they should still be available. And if you can't get either of them, <laughs> sorry, I just drank fine. some water. Now I'm, jo- now I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. And, and if you can't get either of them, that's fine. But at the same time, maybe you can get a couple of other players that that were perhaps involved in that particular situation or in that particular conversation. Yeah. Uh, so to me, I, I didn't, you know, doing a reenactment once or twice is sort of, is a great tool to have doing it all the time. It, it allows your story to be questioned in a way that you don't intend it to be questioned and in a way that it doesn't need to be questioned. And again, you're just retelling a story that everybody already knows anyway. Yeah, and we can't afford too many tangents today, unfortunately, because of my time frame, but I'm going to tell you something that may be a tangent, Jay. There's a Star Wars podcast out there by probably my least favorite commentator in anything to do with audio, which is Mark Ramsey. I've never heard anyone sound so confident about being wrong so much, but that's it. <laughs> I think he's he's probably brilliant, but he says so much stuff that's so far off the mark, I'm like... How's this guy's brain functioning? That's a completely different tangent. He released a show where they reenacted a lot of early conversations with George Lucas, from memory. I think it was George Lucas and the first Star Wars movie, essentially. I'm like, these people aren't gone. And this isn't what the promise of the show was. So you've got to get that right as well. Because the promise of the show was that you're going to hear things about Star Wars, not about how George Lucas got Star Wars made. How, well, I don't know whether you've actually heard that show, but how do you feel about shows that don't fulfill the promise of what they're saying they're going to do? Well, I mean, that's that's a failure. If, if you, I mean, you have a promise to your audience. Your audience is coming to you specifically for that promise. And if you don't fulfill the promise, then you've failed. Uh, and it leads to that audience not trusting you uh, in the future with future projects that you've done. In that particular show, what was most disturbing is hearing that he did have a sit down recorded conversation for like an hour and a half. And I would love to hear that audio. Sorry. Why was, why was there a re why was there a reimagining of the, uh, of the conversation? It didn't make a lot of sense. You're giving me a headache, Jay. Sorry. The, he had a conversation <laughs> with George Lucas that didn't make the audio. Yeah. And then they reenacted that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I know that in retrospect, I'm even more angry about having spent time on that show. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get over that just because I, 
here's something. I'm just going to hit you with a few should I care questions to finish up today, Jay. Sure. Should I care about Clubhouse? And when I say should I, I mean every independent show that is listening to this. 